You're listening to the best of Maddie Johns. Call Maddie anytime. 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Welcome to Morning Glory with Maddie Johns. Well, welcome back, people. You bet your ass we're back. Good to be back. We are fresh from four months of drinking, eating, and swashbuckling shenanigans. Today, we're going to talk about Vegas, of course. We'll talk the Super Bowl. We uh, look ahead to the NRL season. Uh, ben and Beak, uh, they got plenty of shit on their liver this morning. they got brand new segments. Webster returns. Movie of the week, Rocky 2 with Liam Alexander, as we remember Carl Weathers. Rest in peace, Apollo. Uh, Jack Johns covers off the incredible documentary, The Greatest Night in Pop. We are the world. We are the children. We're the ones to make a better day. So let's start giving. And the maestro is back, guiding the ship, tickling the operation panels. Welcome back, Andrew Webster. Vagrant update. <laughs> hey, young Webber. I'm good. G'day, guys. Great to be back. The vagrants are going good. The drifters. Ah, They're good. drifting. Perfect. Perfect. For now. Bloke in a bar. Uh, uh, mogul. Of all things, from <laughs> underpants to lager, down in Camp Campy, love the tank top. Didn't know when, didn't know when was still a thing, but uh, oh wow! Are you making we... the mesh vests? Uh, yeah, actually, we've got some samples coming out. You know, actually, got the one that you asked for the other <laughs> week. Fantastic. Got the one I'm you asked for. Looking for a Vegas outfit. <laughs> uh, now, uh, the Prince of Penitills Road, Ben Hogarth, Benny. Welcome back. Jeez, I tell you what, little edgy this morning. Just finished a course of roids, of course. How you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm good. I'm feeling very jacked for the uh, for the year, and uh, we're in a tiny little studio sharing a mic, so this is great. Well, and we've got the maestro, Alex, as well. Uh, no roids for Alex, just uh, caffeine and Sudafed. Alex, <laughs> how are you, brother? Well, I'm buzzing, Matty. I'm ready to be back. I'm <laughs> excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fellas, uh, my liver is hanging by a thread. It's probably been the biggest off-season I've had by a long way. Fellas, off-season, highlights, lowlights, what do you got for us, Beak? Oh, look, new father. Going to bore all the listeners with the, the the beauty of being a new father. It's been outstanding. Awesome. It's been a unique experience. The, you know what the best thing is when you visit family, seeing your kid play with your you know your brother's kids, your sister's kids. That's what family's is, all uh, about, bro. It's beautiful stuff. So that's how I want to start the year. I want to start positive. You know, I don't want ass man coming at me off, off the bat. Oh, it's ass man. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I didn't Webby? have any children at all. Although I'm no. getting that fat, it looks like how's, I'm about to have one. How's Stevie? <laughs> Stevie the dog. She's going all right. I am. Um, my low, my highlight of the uh, off season was getting a new car. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And the B- BMW. Oh, oh wow! When did you leave us battlers behind? Know, the problem Louise. is, it's like got a sports seat, and I just didn't realise you've got to be a bit more smaller to fit in it. So I feel like I'm in a coffin. But the highlight, <laughs> in a coffin, not yet, maybe not yet. The low light, the, it's an expensive coffin. Um, the low light was uh, picking up COVID in Vegas. Oh, you got it over there. That's right. Mm. Funny name for a stripper, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were at Thunder down from down under. We're going to talk about that a little later. Uh, Benny, what about you, mate? I think I got COVID in Vegas as well. Did you really? It was being we. I'm not going to name names, but one of the uh, Matty John's crew may have had it taking it there. His name was may have started with B and ended in uh, Iron. Uh, but uh, I think I got it there as well. But my yeah, my highlight was probably our trip to Vegas was uh, very entertaining. But uh, low light was taking care of Matthew Johns. But I'll I'll bring that up later in the show. Well, my highlight it's been a fantastic break. It's best break I've ever had. I I hadn't seen my dear mate Brian Carney for 
four or five years. So we met up where everyone meets up in Bosnia. We had five, five six days there and then met Trish in uh, London. Uh, not as much fun, uh, not as much excitement, but we drove up to uh, Scotland, up to Edinburgh. And the highlight of the whole of that whole experience uh, as far as driving from London up uh, up to Edinburgh and stopping all those little towns along the way was Liverpool. Oh, my God. People, honestly, if you're going to, if you're going to Europe and you want to have a good time, put it in your, on your itinerary. It is just insane, that what, city. What, what in particular? Uh, if you like your music, well, it just pumps nonstop. Like, we arrived on the on the Sunday, and, of course, like, Trish being Italian, she's like, Liverpool? English? Oh, no. I said, just trust me. So we arrived, throw the bags in, uh, suitcases as well. Anyway, we went to, walking down the street, did a left-hand turn down to Matthew Street. And Matthew Street's where all the, all the pubs are and all the, uh, all the live music venues. It was insane. Got home about 2 a.m. in the morning and woke up close to midday on the Monday. And I said, Trish, let's go back down and get back on it again. She said, Matt, it's Monday at 11 a.m. I said, just trust me, walk back down, and it was still pumping on a Monday at 11 a.m. Those scousers, wow. they know how to, you'd, have, you'd have been Liverpool, wouldn't you, Alex? No, I actually missed it on my UK trip this year. Got up to Manchester, but missed Liverpool. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. you got to do it, man. Not rolling out. Oh, I saw Evans' new stadium, outstanding mm. on the docks. Uh, my low light, uh, we're going to talk about Vegas a little later. Um, <laughs> What happened, Poop? Occasionally in your life, you, you come to the conclusion, you come to the realisation of what your age is. I've never felt over 50. But due to my shenanigans over there, and I'm not proud of it, I actually felt I felt way past my age. It was, I come to the realisation I just can't do it anymore, Ben. Well, there's a, there's a term we like to use, Robbie Lee drunk or Cessnock drunk. <laughs> and, I, and I think that you probably went past that. Almost curry curry drunk. Which is a wild level. We'll, we'll go into these stories. I would love to read out the message that I have from Webbo as well. Um, as he was leaving Vegas. I won't because it's incriminating. But it is an all-time text message. Well, just a little preview. of like, I can't remember it. <laughs> mate, as we, we're, we're going over again in three weeks. Jesus Christ. And uh, we're going over three weeks and... Uh, Brian's wife, Brian Fletcher's wife, Britt and Trish started sort of, they reached out to each other when they saw what sort of shape we were both in when we got back. Like, honestly, it got, I was so sick after five days, I couldn't keep anything down. I, I got off the plane in Sydney and lost six or seven kilos. I felt so, it was just so bad. And when I turned up at the house, she's like, <laughs> what have you been doing? Was, oh no, I was really. I think I got food poisoning. <laughs> <way around. laughs> but what about this one? He, here's another low life, boys. So, about two weeks before we're about to fly over, Trish goes, "Listen, I've just had a look. We've got you'll get a lot of uh, of points. Do you want me to upgrade you? I reckon we could upgrade you to business." And I went, uh, "You know, Trish, I'd love to, but it's one of those things. One in all in. There was me, Fletch, and Heidi flying over together." I said, no, nah, I'd be nothing. I'd, I'd feel terrible to get in and do a left-hand turn and they're going to the right. She said, oh, well, yeah, it's, it's quite admirable. No problem. <laughs> anyway, so we get to the airport and we're sitting there having a beer uh, 8.30 in the morning and um, and we go, uh, anyway, they say to me, um, mate, what, what, what suit you in? And I went, 84F. And I could see Hindy sort of, 
just started to edge his ticket back toward himself. <laughs> and I went, what seat are you blokes in? They went, oh, 9A and 10B. <laughs> <laughs> I went, what? Oh, yeah, we, we got the upgrade. <laughs> So Should I'm never sitting. Never be a team player. I'm wow. sitting. I'm sitting uh, by myself back in economy, just you know, char- paying for beer, and they would come down with a bottle of wine and just like wave the wine <laughs> to me from a distance. It really was. Uh, it was always cool. take care of yourself first. I have, think that's the lesson. Have you been to Vegas, Beak? I have. I went uh, 2012 with the Dragons. Mm. Um, a part of me is still there. A part of me is still there. It was a uh, lost a lot of brain cells, but yeah. it was a good time. I'm just I'm I'm just trying to uh, calculate my mind, or just again, it's going. It's, I'm pondering, uh, mainly staying on the strip for the whole time they're there. Look, put it this way: uh, <laughs> the great Ben Hornby, uh, he's known to be quite. He, look, he's a he's a coach now. He's very. Uh, he's known to be a bit straight straight edge. In the first night, this is what Vegas can do to you. He literally punched me in the face when I was trying to help him. So that, <laughs> this, that's what Vegas does to you. It brings out some kind of demons. Then he gets on the bus the next day. And he's like, boys. One one lesson: Don't go too hard too soon. And we're like, man, you, oh, you. Man. <laughs> oh my uh, god! But yeah, Vegas, Vegas. It's uh, it's almost. I feel like there's. It does bring a different kind of spirit out in you. It does. Spirits, bring a... one word. Yeah. <laughs> On that you note, put a lot of spirits inside yeah, you. Too. You're not wrong. Uh, all it cost was twenty five bucks US. That's one thing about it. How expensive it is mm, now these days. There was once a time that you know the the gambling subsidised the the uh, food and the drink, but not anymore. Ben, like, it was outrageous. It is. And, yeah, for anyone going over there, it is a very expensive. We went into a burger joint. You know, yes, they were large burgers, heart attack grill, terrible. But uh, we got the final bill, and for your burgers, drinks, and the cruise burgers, it was 500 US. So it was... What? And they, and they go, wow. oh, we don't take credit card. We want that in cash. Geesh. Which we didn't have. The only person that had 500 in cash was good old Gordy Tallis, who uh, <laughs> had to flip the bill. He's a cash operator. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is. Cash, cash, cash. We'll take a break. Uh, after the wrap, we're going uh, to talk about Joey Manu and plenty of other things with Webster. You're listening to the best of Matty Johns. Welcome back, y'all. And uh, a little bit later, top of the second hour, I'm going to give my world-famous 10 to 1. Uh, well, it's popular in Berry Street, North Sydney anyway. Uh, the 10 things you need to know before heading to Vegas, but it's time for Webster. Never thought forever was the best. Webby, what's the latest, pal? Uh, the Sydney Morning Herald, founded 1854. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Thanks Actually, for the history lesson, Webby. We'll take a break. <laughs> Sorry, 1831. <laughs> Had a look at the front of our plate. Oh, yes. <laughs> anyway, the Herald, yep. which is still going, allegedly, um, uh, broke the story last night that Joey Manu had basically told the Roosters that he'd be joining uh, either French rugby or Japanese rugby at the end of this year. I made some calls on it myself, spoke to Nick Politis. I couldn't believe how resigned they are to the whole thing. Like, and, and the fact that they'd sort of been resigned to it for a matter of months. And people will think that it's about money. I know that the offer uh, on the table with some French rugby clubs is around 1.1 Australian. 
850 a year is what the Roosters can throw around, but this is all to do with fullback. Mm. It's all to do with the fact that James Tedesco's got a lock on that number one jumper for, well, he's, he's, he's contracted to the end of 2025. He'll only be 33 then, mm. so Teddy could still be around a bit longer. But, mm. but I think it says a lot about Manu in the sense that he didn't want to talk to any other clubs. We all know that the Dragons and Shane Flanagan were doing whatever they could, could to try and uh, lure him to uh, to their club, but he uh, he was talking to Japanese rugby. But it seems like there's more money in French rugby. French. Well, uh, Webby, that it can be tricky for Joey. Joey played in the World Cup last year, which very you know almost connects through to this season. You don't get as big a rest, so he's going to go from this season straight to French rugby, and then maybe look to come straight back to the Roosters again. That's four consecutive seasons. And back in the day, you might remember when. NRL players or Winfield Cup players back then, it was uh, the English Rugby League was in their winter, and so they had the ability to finish a season, then go over and right. finish the English season, then come back. That would turn out to be really problematic for players as far as injuries and burnouts concerned. I think it's look the, the Roosters are confident that if he comes back to the NRL, it'll be with them. Um, a little bit like uh, Swali uh, when he goes to uh, to Australian rugby, but you know. I remember I wrote Mark Asney's book, and I, I know things might have changed in the last 10, 13 years in terms of um, in terms of uh, the standard of French rugby. But mm. is it going to progress well, him as a player? Yeah. Well, and what type of player comes back? I suppose, you know, as you'll say, NRL stands for not real long. You know, make That's the money right. while you can. The thing about rugby, the guy, one of the reasons why occasionally you see French rugby reaching out for NRL players, probably one of the best scouts in French rugby. Uh, is an Aussie bloke who grew up in Dubbo, who's a rugby league man. So he's the guy, I think, who's alert, alerting a lot of these clubs right. to people like Manu and so on and so forth. I'll tell you what, though, earning a million dollars or 850 euros, K euros or whatever, in France for a couple of years, it'd be tough mm. to come back. Uh, yeah, it'd be yeah. tough to come back. You know, yeah. he would, he'd be nearly 30, I'd say, by the mm. time that contract ends, if you, let's say one or two years, and you can travel all around Europe. It's a less brutal game on your body. And you get offered another deal to stay in Europe. I don't know. Well, what about the Japanese rugby one, Beak? If yeah. you want to prolong your career, and and what I was just talking about, not burnout, is that the French rugby? Uh, I'm sorry, the Japanese rugby. I think the season goes ten games. Yeah. But if you're an import, you can only play six. <laughs> but they say that the, the the toughest thing about Japanese rugby is simply the training. They right. say the trink, uh, the training is quite draconian. Yeah. I, look, it's I, half his life. Like I mean, you've won premierships. You've won. Yeah. You've won, you know, uh, played test matches like Golden Boot. Golden yeah, Boot, yeah. exactly. Like, mm. um, go and get your payday. So uh, I'm, okay, I'm okay. Look, if I'm a Roosters fan, I'm sad to see him go. But, but I have to say, when I spoke to Politis last night, I was surprised at how okay they were with it. Ironically, how yeah, yeah. how uh, interesting is it that, that this is the second fullback they've lost because Teddy was the fullback. That's right. Latrell Mitchell left to play fullback for less money. Yeah. Joey Manu, obviously going to leave. Uh, you, could, you could possibly say Suli as well. Yep, yeah, very yeah. true, very true. Because he doesn't want to be sitting on the wing the whole no. the rest of his career. Now, this is just smoky, I don't know, but does this firm up Tail and May from the Penrith Panthers to the Roosters? Mm. It's getting around. Because you've obviously got the, the Terrell Mays wants to be playing with his brother. The Bulldogs have gone cold on Terrell, and I know they've been speaking to, Bulldogs have been speaking to Terrell May for quite a while now, it sounds to me I'd be shocked if they at least don't offer Taylor and May something. The Roosters, the Roosters. Were, were a bit surprised by the Terrell May thing and, and the Bulldogs because they were of the opinion that he pretty much agreed to terms. Mm. Then all of a sudden, 
they wanted more money out of um, out of the Chooks because the Bulldogs were interested. So, but there seems to be a desire for all three of the May brothers. Well, to on my podcast, he was like basically whichever club can have all three brothers. So he he said on my podcast, whichever mm. club could offer me and all, my two brothers to play, I will go there. Mm. And then if that can't work, then obviously you know. Look, and the bottom line is, if the Roosters want a player, right. Most times they'll land him, mm. and that's not you know like people always say about Brown Pay Bay. The bottom line is they're just about the best run club in the league, mm. and they're a club that if you get there and give the Roosters really good service, the Knicks can look after you for a long time. Well, they have exactly. they have to recruit because they lost Suli. They're going to lose Joey Manu now. That's two of their starting outside backs that are gone. So they're going to have to go into the market for someone because they've got Billy Smith coming, not coming through. He's already made his debut, but. There's still one more position that they're probably going to have to fill, and also you just don't like—is Dom Young going to keep it, you know, going on mm. this trajectory? So it's going to be interesting to see what well, they do in the market. Twenty twenty-five looks like I was thinking about last night. It looks pretty light on now for the Roosters. Like mm. some of their older heads, like you know, I don't want to don't want to end people's career too early, but JWH, you mm. know, Luke Keary. Like yeah. how many more years have they well, got? Well, well Keary's L- going to. There's reports yesterday he's going to extend. Yeah. Which absolutely oh, stuns yeah. me. That stunned me too. Yeah. Me too, because the conversations I've had with Luke was that he was. A couple of years ago, because of not so much even because of the concussions, but because he'd been at it for so long that the, he was thinking it might be lucky to get the end of this season. He's yeah, to yeah, how many one more? How many clubs would do that? At, at Luke's point, in all respect to Luke, at most clubs they'd be trying to usher him, you know, sort of move That's, him to yeah. England. But because of the great service that he has given to that club. Like Politis and the club have gone, no, we'll, expect, we'll extend him. And, and as you know, like halves don't grow on trees. Like, you know. No, they actually do. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, not. It's not. a playmaker tree. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it, like if there's ever going to be, need some Politis magic in the next couple of years, this this is when it needs well, to I, happen. I got now. a question. I got a question. Politis magic. Mate, I, I like that. I got a question. Ability. Shazam. And this might be a bit harsh. This might be a bit harsh. But have this cycle of recruitment. Have the Roosters been as good as they have been in the past? Mm. I think that this cycle of recruitment, although still strong, hasn't been anywhere near as they... Because basically, the last two cycles they've done, they've gone 2013, Premiership. Mm. Then they got Kronk, Teddy, Premierships. Yep. And since then, they obviously haven't really fired a shot since the back-to-back Premiership. Yeah. Particularly with Manu going, though, at the end of this year, likely, um, it puts a lot of acid on them to try and get it done this season, mm. doesn't it? A lot of people yep, thought they should have done last year. Yeah. But, yeah, mm. there's... There's a lot of This is, this is a make or break season. Now or never. Up. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on, Webby? Uh, the Keith Titmus coronial inquiry continues today. Oh, God, Des Hasler. Tra- how tragic. I, I've, I've been following this pretty closely, and I wrote about it in the Herald today. It's It's been really rough mm. reading some of that um, testimony this week. Des Hasler's in the witness box today. I'm expecting him to get grilled by Adam Cassenden, who's the, uh, the counsel uh, assisting the coroner. Look, there's no criminal charges can come out of this at all. What it will do, we'll just try and see if anything could have been done to avoid it or anything could have been done to help him when he was in distress. But I, I, I reckon I reckon this is really... I think we've been sort of... We've been all caught up in going on with Vegas and visas and bringing back the Bears and whatever. But I think this story is really, really important for the game because mm. it's going to put under the spotlight exactly how clubs prepare in the preseason. Donny Singe, he broke down in the witness box two days ago and, and said, you know, we need to have better protocols as a game about players when they come back to preseason training. Mm. It's Cooper played with uh, Keith at, uh, at Manly in the juniors. What a lovely kid. And I think, you know, speaking as a parent, 
fellas. Like, I'm just thinking about the like the family where you, your son goes to training and then they get a phone call. Like, it's just it's heartbreaking. God, oh. Twenty-year-old kid. It's seriously tough reading the articles. Like yeah. it, it gets, it honestly gets to the point where I can't read the articles because I'm just sitting there going, you know. And even as a, as a, a, a former player, just imagining, you know, your teammate, you know, you want to be there for your brothers, and then that happening in such a time where, you know, you get usually getting closer in a preseason, mm. just devastating. And so there was there was testimony yesterday from two cardiologists that he had a uh, a narrow one artery was narrow, but there's still of the uh, opinion that. That heat exhaustion was the reason that he mm. that he passed away. So, yeah, it's it's gonna it's a really big day at that inquiry with uh, with Des in the witness box today. Uh, Webby, no easy way to sort of segue from that. My my, um, how is we sort of have a, how is that shaping up at the moment as far as tickets sold and whatnot? Vegas, my flight's booked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, it depends on who you talk to, but around twenty five, they told the clubs this week, twenty five thousand tickets sold. They're really banking on, and I found this when I was uh, in there over there with you guys last year. Was that there's going to be? They're hoping on walk-ups. You know, Vegas is a walk-up town to events. If there's free tickets, if there's if there's available tickets, then they'll take it. I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of freebies given out because under the stadium agreement with Allegiant Stadium. You're listening to the best of Maddie Johns. Yes, welcome back. Uh, top of the third hour, we've got Morning Glory Jeopardy, your favourite, uh, Webby. Oh. How well do you know your football? Because we've got legends of the English Premier League. Oh. Yeah, Maestro, you all over a bit. Yeah, well, is Maestro involved in this? Maestro, you sub or can in. He, can, you no. sub can, he, can he be my call a friend? Uh, no. no. Maestro is not involved with this. Or, because we, or we'd have to handicap him. Webby's a sport freak. Hey, he listen. loves hey, yeah, soccer. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, and yeah. I'm like this. I don't, first of all, I don't. And second of all, nothing's bird changed. Bird wire. Webby is, is negative, so nothing's changed since last year, and you're trying to cheat. Nothing's changed since no, last year. No, but you know exactly. what? I want to use Alex like, together <laughs> hey, as hey, production. Hey, hey. It's a family show. Okay? <laughs> it's a family show. Yeah, guys, it's uh, time for uh, Maddie's world famous top 10, and of course, Vegas is on everyone's lips. So it's my top 10 things to kn- that you have to know about Vegas before you go there. Uh, ben, join in here. Number oh. 10. Uh, people, the arrivals terminal. Um, I would oh. say, suggest it is possibly the happiest place on earth. You just, you, you, your wallet's full, you get there, the novelty of poker machines when you arrive there, and oh, it's funny, you're putting money in, you lose 20 or 30, it doesn't matter, I'm in Vegas. However, the departures, uh, <laughs> Ben, without doubt, I reckon the saddest place on earth. <laughs> well, the the arrivals, I, I won't name names, but one of our, one of our group managed to put, 200 through one of the pokies oh before Maddie got off the flight. Because <laughs> Maddie was at the back of the plane. Yeah, the rest yeah, of us at the front. Yeah, so we were waiting for Maddie to come out. And the minute you walk out, there they are, these. And they're not, they're like spaceships, the the, the pokies. They are. You know, they're these oh. huge like over the top of you. Yeah, but the departures, mate, the, the breakfast and the coffee in the departures lounge is criminal. I was so, what do you mean? Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. It's, yeah. And they I, I will agree. charge you through the nose. I had, I, I had, I just said, I was having looks. So I can't keep any of this down. So I'm <laughs> having burnt toast with tomato sauce on top. <laughs> That's, That's what he ordered. Got, That's what winners do. That's what winners do. Toasted tomato <laughs> yeah, sauce. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, number nine. Uh, guys, you've got to be very careful staying on the strip. I think the old Vegas Fremont Street is awesome. It is far cheaper 
and it's been zhuzhed up a little bit. But mate, everything, and we'll touch on, but everything on the strip is just so expensive. Mm. I reckon it's gone from the last time we went up there. It's gone up thirty or forty percent. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, beers. Webby, you back me up on this. Yes. Beers were what I, I was seeing beers on the strip for fifteen US. So the, ex, the exchange rate you put up to what twenty six, twenty seven Australian, yeah. and then it's the tip for a beer on top of that. So you're looking at thirty Australian. I reckon that's what we were at. On the last, I took James Hooper for lunch there, just for just a basic lunch. That'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the only sane thing we did for the eight days we were there. And uh, I said we got two crappy salads and a couple of cokes, and it was like seventy US. Oh, yeah, I was like obscene. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, number seven. If food wastage uh, disgusts you, don't visit the Heart Attack Grill on. Uh, on Fremont Street, uh, they deliberately serve you a burger you won't even eat a quarter of. And if you don't finish it, which you won't, you receive a compulsory ass paddling from a young female waitress who swing, well, I would say it makes Chris Gale look like Kepler Vessel. Is this, is this a recommendation not to or to? Uh, well, oh, it depends uh, on if you uh, want the experience. What's your name yeah. again? Uh, <laughs> Heart Attack Bar and Grill. Yeah, because I thought, I thought, oh, it's just going to be, you know, it's a bit of a show, a bit of a, like it'll be great for TV. Oh, a little hot tub. They launch into you, and I think they, they got Heine, and Heine snapped a little bit because yeah. I think they got the end of it. A little it, bit of a cag. Got him a little, oh, got no. a little bit inside, they nipped, they inside the, the buttocks. Yeah. They nipped the, they nipped yeah. the cag. And <laughs> he, he flipped it. <laughs> He didn't tuck him yeah. up. He didn't tuck him up. Know. Well, that's you know, his fault. Hey, if you hey. know Nathan Highmarsh, <laughs> you can't tuck that. It's the pride no. of the Highmarsh oh, family. Oh, let me tell you. It's like wow. a battered seven a rose bush. Is that part of the top ten things in Vegas? Yeah, 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 of course, of course. Number six. Uh, you must, like seriously people, you must attend Thunder from Down Under. It's a male strip show, right? But look, it's more than just chiseled hunks who had failed in our real careers. It's, mate, it is fantastic. I've never laughed so hard. It's just a great show, Benny. Yeah, I, 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 because we obviously filmed there. Mm. Uh, but we went a couple of nights beforehand just to block shots and see what it was like. So in the end, I, I saw the show three times. Yeah. And we were we were obviously you know welcomed with open arms up the back of the bar, and they, you know the old saying, American free pour. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to get you, you know, in the mood for all these blokes to come out. So mate, we had, I had I had three vodkas, and I was flying, <laughs> absolutely flying. But the show was fantastic. The guys are sensational. They're but, great guys. Yeah. yeah. If you like, if. You know, men or women, if you want a great show, it's go to just Thunder Down Under. It, yeah. is it so was much fun. so much fun. And the bloke who like who's the the PA looks exactly like Luke Brooks. We call him <laughs> yeah. Brooksy, but mate, it's such a professional show. Yeah, and uh, Australians who own it, Jackie and Billy Cross from the Gold Coast, who, they, they yeah. own it. They've had it for twenty years there, and they said they've barely had an empty seat. Yeah, wow. it was a, a definitely a highlight of the trip. Um, we touched on this before. Number five, um, Vegas, mega expensive. My breakfast each day, which was a double vodka and soda, uh, <laughs> actually cost me $25 US. And you're going, One drink. Yeah. For a, it was look, a double. It was, might have been triple. Uh, 25 You're sitting there as you're drinking it going, this is like 40 bucks Australian. It's obscene. Um, but your test, like this, we went to, where we're staying? The, we stayed at Caesars. But we're... 
Resorts World. We stay there. Oh, you will be staying at Resorts World. The meal we had there at time, it was. How much did it cost? It was. That's where I was staying. Yeah, re- and so I was because I was I, there for work. I, I was yeah. using my work card, and then I, I went to reconcile it last week, and I went, "Are you kidding me?" Nice. Yeah, I I, 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 I did my I did that when I got home straight away, and let me tell you, it it was a big one. Yeah. My wife said, "What's that for? And what's that for? And what was that for?" I, oh, I can't even remember the trip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Number four, though, like okay, twenty five dollars US for a double vodka and soda, but there is a loophole. Uh, who I, I, I you must know about? Whilst a double vodka and soda is twenty five dollars US. If you pretend to play the hokey pokey machine, it's actually free. All you got to do is give one of the waitresses walking the casino a tip, and they will just keep coming back, and I'll keep filling you up. So think about that: twenty five dollars US compared to pretending you're playing the poker machines and nothing. We were going out. We were going out for a very short dinner. And Matthew arrived a half hour before everyone else and did that and just playing the pokey. And the girl kept bringing him. I won't, I won't say how many she brought him in that half an hour. Yeah. Let me tell you, in that half hour, Matthew went from Matthew yeah. to Cessnock Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. How many she bring out? Uh, it rhymes with 12. <laughs> how, big a, how big a tip do you reckon? Oh, not a couple of dollar fifty. Yeah. Now, right. um, now a couple of bucks. Yeah, three couple bucks, bucks every yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, it's a lot better than 25 US. I'll give you the drum. Thanks, Scoop. Uh, now, this is something quite seriously I heard yesterday. We didn't go there on the Smartless podcast. They interviewed uh, Vegas local and Killers lead singer Brendan Flowers. And he said, you must visit a restaurant there called the Lotus of Siam. He said, it is, he's been everywhere. Having He said, it's the best restaurant he's ever been to. It's on Fremont Street. And P.S. The Killers people, if you like The Killers, they're taking up a residency in Caesar's Palace starting in August, which is really, for for them, they're all Vegas boys. But Brendan Flowers, he's, his mother worked at Caesar's Palace for 40 years. Oh. And he worked there for two years as a bellhop. So, yeah, returning there is oh, the, good. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, number two, <laughs> number two, uh, Webby, I want to take you there. You didn't come with us here last time. It's my favourite place in Vegas. It is called the Double Down Saloon. Oh. It's rated the worst bar in America, which is correct. Uh, it smells. The locals are hideous. Uh, the decor is appalling, but the drinks are ridiculously cheap, and it's an awesome jukebox. Ben, your testimony to that. Uh, yeah. Webbo, if you don't make that Uber and you stay at the hotel, do it. Let's just say the, 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 toilet, the, the after... toilet isn't bolted to the floor. Oh, <laughs> the toilet gonna, is not bolted. Gonna be you, can just, you can just rock, rock it like you, you have a King Henry and you just feel it rolling well, down to and, the yeah, and one of our, and one of our And one of our crew, namely Brian Fletcher, needed to do, needed to do well, that. The only afternoon I spent with you guys in Vegas, I ended up walking around the Caesars Palace car park looking for an Uber dry heaving. So I'm a little bit reluctant to catch up with you guys again in Vegas. It's all good fun. Uh, <laughs> and number one, this one is a word of warning that everybody gets, but it's the error we keep making. We stayed in Vegas, and it was a, it was a work trip, Ben. Let's remind ourselves on that. Yep. Uh, but well, what, it was for me. It was, it was you, for me. You're getting us out of bed every morning nice and early to do yeah. the various things, which we'll talk about. But um, do not stay in Vegas more than two or three days. Webby, after three days, it's like Disneyland just turns into a huge turd you can't flush. <laughs> it was just, it yeah. was, it was, the last few days were quite hellish. We, yeah, we were there for six nights, and yeah, the last, I reckon the last 48 hours, I was, yeah, 
we're all you get very it, the bedrooms become very dark, very small. And you just want very to, smelly. You, yeah, you just want to get out of there. A little bit bloody too. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, it was rather sick. And uh, when there's nothing on the stomach, then suddenly, <laughs> well, as I said, when I arrived back, Trish just went, "Oh, what have you, what have you been doing?" I said, it Mate, is working. It has been very difficult cutting together an hour-long feature about us in Vegas and having Matthew in, a, in, a, just, in an approvable light. You know what it's like, Because <laughs> what happens is when you arrive at a place, I was just so excited and you just, you just go so hard on the drink. It's just every morning I wake up and go, I can't possibly do it, but we'd find a way. So Vegas is obviously a high desert. So it's cold. It's very dry, right? Mm. So we're there for 24 hours and everyone's like, um, oh, man, my lips. Did you notice this? Yes. Your lips change because oh. yeah, you're high desert. So you, you realise that around all the little convenience stores in the, in the, um, the casino, there's lip balm, lip balm, lip right? Balm. So you're disapplying this. That's right. Except for Matthew. I've never, I've never, <laughs> Matthew came down I've never after, had it in my life. Matthew came down like three days, three days in. Sure. He goes, hey, boys, how you going? <laughs> Sorry. So he's dehydrated. He's given himself a whack, so his immune system's through the floor. And he's slowly got, Fletcher Heidi and I stand there, he's slowly got streams of blood, <laughs> like a vampire dribbling down like, his uh, chin. From all, yeah, from all the cuts along I, his lips. I look like Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> and so <laughs> Fletcher's like, um, maybe you should have this and keep it. <laughs> oh. Trish sent me a photo the night of Thunder from down under after we got a photo of all the boys. She sent me a photo. She zoomed on my face and my face was bright red <laughs> from, you know, when you have the eyes start to get a bit yeasty on the face and my lips was blood just coming down. She goes, what is going on? I said, oh, I was just, it was honestly, it was just laughter. Yeah, and I get, and I get the, and then Maddie gets the message, what's Ben making you do? Thinking <laughs> yeah, that it's yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's Ben's the one. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, Trish just blamed. After the dog attack last year, I know. fans I'm, didn't like I'm, it, family didn't like it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Righto, we'll take a break. Rocky 2 next. You're listening to the best of Matty Johns. Welcome back, people. It's time for Movie of the Week. Now, this has become a serious highlight of the show with uh, Liam Alexander's enormous knowledge and, and, and just the manner which he uh, brings uh, to, uh, to the Movie of the Week. Now, last week we saw the passing of the great Carl Weathers, a.k.a. Apollo Creed. So in tribute to Carl Weathers today, we put the spotlight on Rocky II. Apollo, a lot of people say that you lost the first fight, a victim of the Southpaw Jinx. Did fighting a left-hander throw you off? Southpaw Jinx, nothing. Last time I took the fight too lightly and this man was just plain lucky. But this time, this time you all will see the real Apollo Creed. The whole world's going to see the real Apollo Creed. Lightning fast and hard to catch. No playing, no jiving, just business. Look here, a lot of people may not like me and that's okay. But come November, Apollo Creed will provide the ultimate gala spectacle. On Thanksgiving, in front of this man's home crowd, I'm going to drop him like a bad habit. Liam Alexander, welcome. (laughs) Oh, morning, guys. How you going? Oh, Liam, we're going good, mate. Great. Thanks for coming back, pal. It, uh, you do such a great no. job. It's great to have you back. No worries. Thanks for, thanks for giving me the invite back. 
Now, next break, we're going to focus entirely on Carl Weathers, but Liam, Rocky II, wow. I mean, what an incredible sequel. I love Rocky II. I think it's one of the most underrated movies in the front. I know Rocky Four gets probably more attention, but what I love about Rocky II is it came out in 79 and it still has that 70s grit to it, like the first Rocky did. I think it has that sort of personality, the independent personality of the first movie. I think when the 80s roll around, I think mm. the sequels sort of take on a different vibe. Mm, yeah, like, for but sure. I think the original Rocky 1 and 2 sort of, they feel like a two-parter to me and feel like one whole one whole story. Liam, 3 and 4 become, and, and, and so on, they sort of become a little bit too Hollywood, you know, like it's fairy yeah. tale. These two, uh, the 1 and 2, sort of remain um, in the various parts of the site uh, of the fight scenes. People will argue about that. Yeah. But there's more reality. I mean, Sylvester Sloan in this one really captures the plight of a retired sports star and captures how quickly respect diminishes because, you know, after one, he retires and then comes back. I just think it's yeah. very earthy. Yeah, I agree. I think, and Sly directed this movie as well. He didn't direct the first movie, but this one he wrote, directed, and stars in it. So I think it was it was a big swing for him, and he, he did it really well. You're right, Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to love this little little fact that I found. So when Rocky is training for the fight, he's sparring with a smaller, quicker fighter. Who yeah. played that part? Roberto Duran. There you go. Yeah. Oh, I saw that yeah. this morning and went, oh, Matthew yeah. Jones is going to love he, this if he doesn't know already. ducking and weaving around and, and Paulie's going, come on, move. He's making a fool of you. Yeah, it's Roberto Duran, hands of stone. <laughs> oh, but imagine if he just, you know, accidentally clocked you. Oh, my <laughs> Stallone God. Clocked you. Which, which actually happened. So apparently um, when – and I saw this because obviously the passing of Carl Weathers, all these clips are popping up on Instagram and stuff. And they showed Carl Weathers and Stallone – uh, like practicing the fight and falling on the ground and the, the count and everything like that. So apparently there's a scene at the end of the second round where they actually came in and act, and missed and clocked each other. And there's a scene where they, they, then they walk off to their corners screaming at each other. So that was real. Real. Yeah. Wow. So they were actually dirty at each other because they went, guys, we're trained this and you've <laughs> yeah, just punched right. me in the head. Liam, critics tend to slam sequels in most cases. Not all cases, most, because they view it as a bit of a cash grab. What are the... Yeah. In this case, how are the critics? Yeah, they, they're actually pretty solid. They, they're solid reviews for Rocky Two. Obviously, it didn't reach the heights, uh, like the critical heights of the first movie. Like Rocky One won three Oscars, so didn't quite get to that level, but for, for a sequel, it actually got really solid reviews. I mean, Roger Ebert, he said... Rocky continues with the good things about Rocky One. It's a sort of old-fashioned movie celebrating like love, courage, and sort of just sheer determination. And I think, um, I think, yeah, I think it got pretty solid reviews for for a sequel, considering that a lot of them do get slammed. Liam Beaky, uh, Apollo Creed, uh, you know, almost a famous name in in movies played by Weathers. They've, they've got a Creed. Yeah. Creed has now become almost the Rocky of this generation. First of all, how fitting. Yeah. Second of all. What are your thoughts on Creed? I know that uh, I know that they kind of Stallone parted ways with um, Michael B. Jordan in his the third one. Do you think yeah. that it's going to have the same legs or staying power? What are your thoughts on the legacy of Creed? Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's sort of a testament to Carl Weathers' performance as well. Like he's such a big part of that first Creed movie, even though he's not even in it. Like the character passed away in Rocky Four, but he's still such a such an important part of the movies. But 
I think the Creed movies are actually really so. I like what Michael B. Jordan has done. He's sort of taken on Sly's role. Like, Michael B. Jordan directed Creed 3. He's sort mm. of taking control of that franchise. So, I think they're really solid movies. I don't know if they're as classic as sort of the Rocky movies, but I think for for a sequel... For a sequel that was made nearly like 30 years after the original, I think they're, they're pretty solid movies. I agree. I, I, I resisted watching it for a long time because I was such a rocky, particularly these first two. It, it does fall off a cliff, you're right, Liam, when it hit the 80s. Yeah, so yes. It jumped the shark there. Oh, yeah. see, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a big Rocky 3 fan. Club of Lane. I know. I did, I did, it jumped the shark when the robot came in for me. Oh, yeah. That was a robot bit, yeah. really... I love the thunder lips, that too. Said, though, that said, yeah, it, I like Rocky, Rocky 4, though, as well. Rocky 4, when, when Apollo dies, that scene, like, yeah, actually, when we back and watch that, that was... That's hey, heavy. Hey, that's well, very th- heavy. Well, I think that really shows you how good that Polo Creed character is. Because look at the first. In the first two films, he's the villain. Mm. But he transpires so much as his character grows and the charisma of the man, which he does Kyle Weathers, by four. Yeah. When he dies, people shed a tear. Well, you, you know and that's I... on Rocky Three when he, when he takes him back to yeah. his old school gym in L.A. And you, you see yeah. where he traded like, oh, my, yeah. Liam. But you know, what I, you know what I like about the Rocky movie? So, like, even if by today's fight movie standards, like, the the, the fight scenes aren't that believable. Mm. But it, <laughs> it, it really, like, particularly the first two, it really gets into the psychology of, of the boxer. Sure, it's sure It's really, does. really well, clever. Well, I reckon Apollo is so good, Webby. If you look at, like, Liam, how he plays both. In, in the first in the Rocky one where he's the high flyer who does not give Rocky respect, it's almost like he plays Floyd Mayweather before Floyd Mayweather. That's right. You know yeah. that? Yeah. In Rocky two, it's it's almost like, you know, the the Muhammad Ali, the angry Muhammad Ali who everyone's written off and he's going to prove a yeah. point. It's a real – he, the nuance is very, very clever. Yeah, he's a great performer. Like, the movie's so good because you can empathise with what um, Apollo's going through. Like, people are sort of giving him crap because they think the fight was rigged mm. and, like, mm. this up-and-comer had, like, no chance of beating him and he went 10 rounds with him. So, mm. you saw he's really good at playing that part of the character as well where you actually you understand his motivations for going into this fight as well. So, he's, he's just a great performer, Carl Weathers. Fellas, a question. The training montage in Rocky Two, You know, kids chasing him up the stairs of Philadelphia the Town Hall. Is that the greatest, just about the greatest montage in cinema history? It's probably going to be yeah. the, one of the greatest sports montages ever. Yeah. They're probably the fair. greatest. They're all fair. Every Rocky montage is unbelievable. <laughs> 